actually easier to get in shape than you think you'd be working in an office because mm-hmm. what a lot of people try to do is they like right it's it's time to get shredded for my holiday it's like six weeks prior to that it's like i'm gonna cut out all chocolate i'm gonna cut out all jellies crisps crisps is a big thing for me so if i cut out crisps it's just like it, i'm just setting myself up for failure too many people are too afraid in a lot of aspects of their life to actually like take the leap and the net will appear like do the hard thing mm. and me personally i wouldn't ever do like I do. yeah i do 12 week challenges but not when it finishes there. Welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Today, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Troy Sutton. Troy is 20 years old. He's on the upcoming as being the number one online coach in Ireland, has recently moved to Dubai. Um, and today, we're gonna to be talking about fitness tips and tricks that you can implement if you're in your late teens, early 20s, and what you can do if you're like just getting into the gym now to get quick results. And we're gonna talk about some interesting topics such as does going to the gym get you more girls, which is the number of reason why most guys go to the gym. That's probably why I started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why I started. It was too. actually why I started. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Not sugarcoating that, you know, definitely. It is what it is. And if we look at um, the way the world works, it's like, in crude terms, the world is designed for reproduction. So like men are like, want status from whether it's their physique or how much money they make to then yeah, yeah. Um, continue the world's population in essence. Yeah, yeah. Um, what first got you into training, Troy? Well, we just tipped on that to, to get girls out. But to be completely honest with you, it was more so like the, everyone has like the insecurity, whether their body type is like too skinny or like too overweight, whatever it may be. Mine was personally too skinny. It was like skinny as shit. So I decided it'd be probably better for me in order to get girls and, and you know, feel better on myself. Most importantly, being confident, it's, it's definitely to get into the gym and partake in some sort of diet. Now, the diet wasn't existing for a while, but I suppose just getting into some form of exercise was the first key. And, and that's why I wanted to get in because it was just, quite frankly, too skinny. What um, what was your first experience like going to the gym? And I'll tell you mine in a minute. I suppose yours was funny, is it? So no. I have to make mine good. Uh, I sub- well, I started at a home gym. Okay. Fortunate enough, my dad I built forgot, me like I a actually, home gym. I, I had something similar to this, but I'll, I'll, I'll come into that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't actually join a public gym for the first year, year and a half of my training. And the only reason I joined because I got a job there. So that was like, I had to do it. You know, if you work in that gym, you have to train in that gym. But... I was training at home for a while, and I think it was just like the, how was I embarrassed still training by myself, even though no one could even see me? It was so like scary just coming into the gym by yourself. It's so weird, but even scarier when you go to a public gym, right? But I suppose it was just like the embarrassment of doing an exercise wrong and someone looking at them and you being one of those memes on Instagram, being like, what the fuck is that guy doing? You know what I mean? I just didn't want to be one of those guys. That was my biggest fear, I suppose. Um. Interestingly enough, I don't know if you ever heard like the York gym equipment, like the, the shit home gym equipment you get. No. Okay, so like it probably shows my age. So they probably don't even make it anymore. Yeah. So when I was like <laughs> maybe like 13, 14, I bought, I don't know how, I coerced my parents into buying me like a bench and like barbell and all this mm. shit. And I had it in like my bedroom. And if anyone's had that awkward moment where you're like, you're on a bench press in the gym and you get pinned, imagine doing that in your bedroom when you're like 14. And yeah, you're, like, oh, yeah, spot, you're yeah. like fucking dying from the bar. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that happened a lot. And, um, that was my first training experience getting into that uh, alongside like the two kilo dumbbells from Argos. Yeah. Um, which actually made quite a big difference. Yeah. And um, I look back now and think if like you actually had like an actual proper training routine and structure, like you'd been a fucking freak, um, but you don't know what you don't know, which is my favorite saying. And now, I love that saying. Yeah, I sure, hear that right? enough off you. Yeah, I love and it. It's um, because when you do know, you're like, fuck me, this is so obvious. Yeah. Uh, and hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I think that's where now people have the upper hand and the aciness up their pocket in terms of like people like both of us creating loads of content to help mm. people. Um, who was an initial inspiration in terms of helping you and like taking your knowledge to the next level? Well, I suppose as everyone kind of has that one like family member that has like been to the gym and you know- The that, Jack guy. Yeah, uh, the Jack guy. Uncle Troy. Uh, Uncle Troy. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Troy. That that's gonna be me. That's my main goal. Um, but I think my my first one was my dad because he used to do some form of like bodybuilding tra- okay. training and and all that type of stuff. Like he was a big guy, so I was like, you know, I want to be like him. And he was telling me as well. He was like, Joe, when he passes those like slight comments, he's like, yeah, he was pigeon chest and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I gotta get in the gym. So he started me out. And, you know, got the gym as a main benefit for himself. Yeah. He kind of used it as an excuse as like a Christmas present for me, even though it was himself, like a little man cave. But um. I think social media wise, I used to like to watch Mike Thurston, yeah. Rob Lisbeth, all those guys. Yeah. 
But um, I think my main inspiration in terms of starting the gym was my dad because I wanted to get out of that home yeah. style because like after a year, it's just quite frankly boring. Like yeah. we have like the, as you said, two kg Argos. Mine were luckily enough like four or five, so I got a bit further, games. bit further. Yeah, but it did start with like ego lifting because it was my only dumbbells. I had to do more, you know. Yeah. But um, I suppose yeah, my my dad was my initial first one. Okay. I uh, it's funny though. I remember. It's good your dad gave you that guidance because I remember the first time I went to the gym, I, I properly, I was trying to do it as uh, I wanted to try and excel more in rugby and other sports I was doing. And I remember I went with a friend of mine and we went to like the local sports center. So like, I don't know what you call pork, but in the US, it'd be like 24 hour fitness or something. Mm. And um, I literally went in and did every single machine for like four hours because like I had fucking no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And then went to KFC next door and like bought shitloads <laughs> of chicken and we just both ate it all. We're like, this is definitely how you get jacked. Yeah. And uh, the reality is I remember the next day being like sore as shit because never really trained properly and mm -hmm. done like every exercise under the sun with really poor form. And I think that's where one of the things I say to a lot of people is that I've done a lot of the things the wrong way around and that's why I understand in like hindsight mm -hmm. there's a lot quicker ways to go from A to B. Um, what would you say is the big, th is there anything you've done where you think, oh shit, that wasn't probably the right way to do it or like a big misconception that's been broken for you? I think everything you do at the start is wrong, right? I don't think anyone gets it perfect, right? And, and I, I was just gonna say that you said that if you had a structure from day one, holy shit, I'd have been jacked. Like I, body dysmorphia yeah. still, regardless, you're still gonna be unhappy with your body. But I think me starting, I think it was like eight years ago, if I did have, let's just say, a public gym membership from the get-go, even though you can make, you know, progress from at home, but if I had that environment, like the motivational environment, which mine quite was, and the structure, knowledge, and the fuck-ups that I made prior to that, so basically a high-level coach to help me yeah. all the way through it, although most people can't afford one, so on and so forth, but uh, I think if I did, I'd be so much bigger, and then not only bigger, more happier, and more progressed than where I am now. I think the only last... The last three, four years, I've only actually done stuff right. And I think the biggest misconception was you need to lift big to get big. And um, although it makes sense, it's like it, it can only go to like a certain extent, you know. And then it got to a stage where I was deadlifting like 250, although you're probably repping that shit. But like 250, right, for me as like an 18-year-old, for an example, or 17-year-old, it's quite a lot of weight. So I was like pulling back muscles. I was like feeling shit every single day. I was like, holy shit, I can't even walk to school. And I was like, this is gains. This is what gains feels like. It's what a fucking injury feels like, quite frankly, you know. Uh, it's funny you say that because I distinctly remember basically doing what you just said. And I was probably a bit older at this point, maybe like 23. And at the time worked in my full-time job as an estate agent. And I remember going to the gym after work, going to go and deadlift, like got myself super hyped up. And you know, and you feel a bit stiff and a bit off. And I was like, <laughs> The whole, like, I remember in my head, this, this doesn't feel right. I'm like, just fuck it, just do it anyway. Like, just man up, do it. Like, take yeah. more pre-workout, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I remember, like, being like, oh, I'm, I think it was like 220 or 230 or whatever it was. And I remember picking the weight up and thinking, I just felt something pull. I was like, what the fuck was that? And I couldn't breathe. And then yeah. literally, like, hobbled out the gym. Yeah, yeah. Went home and then um, literally could barely stand up. And I was like, I think I need to go, go to A&E. My wife at the time, girlfriend at the time wouldn't drive me. So I remember, like, getting, like, rolling myself into the car at, like, 1 a.m., um, and then my back hurt so much I couldn't like reach forward to close the door, so I had to lose my foot, like foot to hook the door closed. Mm. You know that scene mm. in Wolf of Wall Street when he like, yes, gets out yes, of the car. Yeah. I was like that when I got dragging myself like, in yeah, the Lamborghini, like dragging myself <laughs> into fucking A and E, like, yeah. and I'd like torn I think one of my serratus muscles or whatever uh, into costals. And it's like a lot of times people think that, and it's because of society we live in. People think more is better, but the reality is like better is better. It's about accuracy of what you mm -hmm. do rather than like throw enough shit against the wall um, and hope something sticks and I think that's one of the big things that um, I took from that experience for example is like pain is knowledge really fast when mm -hmm. you fuck yourself up and it hurts you're like yeah I definitely don't do that again yeah yeah no no it's, it's like what you said as well even in fitness in terms of business everything it's like it's not work harder it's, it's work smarter and I think that's the complete opposite aspect you have of it when you first start training you think right I'm not doing enough even though you're training like six days a week I was at a stage where I was training seven days a week and it's like we, me and you both know it's stupid, right? But uh, back then, I was just thinking, like, I was like, is there a way that I could probably implement two workouts into my day, seven days a week? That way I'm getting 14 workouts done a week. And I was like, it's just literally a walking injury at that stage. I just felt like shit, looked like shit as well, because your muscles aren't getting a recovery and so on. But uh, yeah, no, that was definitely... Did you try training twice a day then? Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. Never stuck with it. Like, I'd say probably a three-week period I stuck with it. And then, you know, your muscles just don't function properly. Like, every single day I was going into the gym... 
was lifting less and less and those five kg argos weights were like all getting of a heavier sudden, and heavier yeah getting heavier and heavier it was like some way of like progressively overloading not at all so i was like i was at a stage where i was doing like three reps four reps and i was like oh, i couldn't be fucking bothered and that's when i actually fell out of love with training instead of you know progressing on and like starting to love the progress it was just going downhill eventually just didn't do any workouts per week you know it's interesting you say that because I had a phase maybe 2018, 2019, uh, maybe 2019. I was probably like one of the best shapes I've ever been in. I was like, at the time, I was like, fuck it, I want to try tw- twice a day training. So I went like two days a week, I'd train twice a day. I was like, oh, I really like this. And I went to like four days or five days a week training twice a day. And then after about six weeks, I don't want to fucking see the inside of a gym again. Because yeah. like, it's not even the time training, it's like getting there training then coming back then eating again and you've got to time your meals so much around it's like a full-time job yeah and it's also like when you think about um the logical process of it it's completely moronic and i actually think that if you look at a lot actually we're both in dubai that a lot of the um arabic community here tend to train like that a lot of them train a lot of really high volume Mm. um with a lot of food and a lot of drugs and a lot of other stuff (laughs) and um the reality is like yeah that works to a certain degree but also isn't necessarily optimal as if you look at some of the people with the best physiques of all time Dorian Yates maybe trains four times a week mm. did like not saying that everyone should do two sets didn't even work. do four sets right yeah, he just did, done one set he did like one to two sets yeah, per yeah. exercise and I think that's where people anyone listening to this it's important to understand is like everything is so dependent on you so like 99.999% of people can't do what Dorian Yates did in that respect because yeah. you have to be psychotic mm-hmm. and I know I don't have the minerals to do that and neither does anyone else. No, like, no. Um, He's one of a kind. Yeah, So yeah. And, and he got the results he did, but then he also got the injuries he did after that mm. as well, um, which is why it's important about people finding like a happy medium in terms of like training volume to how much stress they have in life at that time and recovery. Yeah. So like for me, for example, I've now taken my training back to four days a week because I've got too much other shit going on. My stress levels yeah. are too high and I'm actually getting way better results doing that mm. than training more which is so counterintuitive of what you would think yeah no for sure like even when clients i'm, I'm not sure about you as well but like even when clients come to me we're like mostly like people that are busy doing nine to five jobs and stuff like that the last thing that they want to do is like six days a week monday to saturday every day after work 6 p.m they go home to get to dinner and then they go to the gym because well most gyms are jam-packed at that evening and then you know I think three times is enough and then they're like, I fucking hate the gym and then they just fall out of it completely. So I think, or even if they do it the completely opposite way around, they do fasted workouts at 5 a.m., how long are they going to actually stick that to? I think it's like, as you said, finding like a happy medium, like a good balance between like what's going on in life and then as well as your fitness goals at the moment. You don't actually need to train more than three days a week. You don't even need a public gym. You don't even need like such a super strict diet. It's just kind of understanding how to get to that next level. And it's the 80-20 rule that people don't understand is like... Mm. You just need to be consistent 80% of the time. And if you're off chart 20% of the time, it's not the end of the, uh, yeah. not the, end of the world. And also, here's a perspective for everyone to think of. It's called Pareto Principle. And that's 20% of your actions would det- dictate 80% of your results. Mm. And when you look at like training and nutrition and getting in shape, there couldn't be anything more true than that. Like I say, I joke with people sometimes like when I train legs, I'm like, after I've done the first set of leg press, I just go home. Because I feel like I've created enough muscle damage that that's probably enough to like yeah for a normal person tick you over so like that would be like the 20 percent. and then if you just focused on being hitting the right calorie requirement and not even worrying about your macros yeah. you'd get pretty good results for what you want yeah yeah sure you even saw me getting out of my car this morning it yeah, was, it was like limping good. around it was terrible like and, and that's where i know like even last night after i trained like i only trained legs yesterday so normally it's like the second day after it you're like kind of feeling your muscles being sore but i was sore like an hour after I was like holy shit I've done some damage you know so I was like maybe I can take some volume back and just say okay more is not necessarily better so I was like kind of maybe take an exercise out of my program because I never want to feel like this again I feel fucking horrible so even sitting on this chair like my glutes are killing me and I think that's a really good subject two good subjects to bring up one would be um balancing getting in great shape around work Mm. so I remember training at like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the evening after like full day working my state agent's job. And the reality with that, you mentioned about people going home for dinner and then going to the gym. Yeah. For me, that's the fucking worst nightmare. So you like, should never go yeah, home. D- d- don't go home. <laughs> don't so like, go home. The secret yeah. is take your shit for like uh, the gym to yeah. work and yeah. then go straight from there. Yeah. Because as soon as you get home, if you sit down, it's like game over. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sure. motivation to get yourself up and go to the gym then. It's like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, it's like the first step out of bed. Yeah, that's like, the hardest step. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah when yeah. you go home after work, it's like, 
the first step to stand up and get changed. Like, yeah. oh, I have to go to the gym now. It's like when you're getting up in the morning, the hard part isn't actually working out. It's getting out of bed and going to the gym. Yeah, it's yeah. like, that, once you get past that part, though, it's fine. But um, that's something as well that reminds me. It's like one of my clients was saying they were constantly going home and getting their dinner and then they're sitting back and they're like trying to let it digest and by then they feel sick and stuff like that. And then they don't want to go to the gym. I'm like, don't go home and get fucking dinner. Just go straight to the gym, get it over and done with. And then you can kind of sit down on the couch and, you know, watch Netflix and, and binge or, or whatever you like to do, Joe, just go to the fucking gym. Yeah, and and yeah. this is where I'd actually say for anyone who has the nine to five or proper job situation, um, say it in a weird way, is it's actually easier to get in shape than you think if you're working in an office because mm-hmm. you know where you're going to be at what time, so it's pretty easy to have a structured routine. Yeah. Like I remember like like clockwork, 4.30 p.m., I'd be eating my like oats and whey protein to go and train at 6.30. Yeah, yeah. So then like when I turn by the gym, it's digested, I'm good to go. Um, the only thing I'd say from experience with that, I remember I used to like be tired by that point. So I'd nail myself with pre-workout and I'd probably have issues sleeping later. Then you never crash. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. you have to take the rough with the smooth or something. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't have an issue necessarily sleeping sometimes. So I think if you're someone who does, um, using a pump-based formula pre-workout is a better idea. Because mm. I even think just like, I don't know if you get the same. For me, it's like a, a cognitive perception. Like when you have the taste of it, you're like, it's like your brain knows what's coming. Yeah, like it's yeah, like you walk yeah. into the gym, you taste that. You're like, oh, fucking, it's like. Well, it's like it's like that effect as well. It's like Alex Ramosi is talking yeah. about that as well. It's like people get given the option whether it's meditation or, or Xanax, and they always choose the Xanax option because mm-hmm. it's fast. And I think even though even if Xanax didn't work, they'd still take it and they'd yeah, have the leave. effect on the brain. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, what's it called? The placebo effect. Yeah, placebo is it? Effects, yeah. yeah. So it's like almost when I take pre-workout, I'm like this is going to get me fucking pumped. And then I feel like my heart racing. I'm like, you know, this is working. And it probably hasn't even fucking worked yet. Because it takes like 25, 30 minutes to actually kick in. Five minutes after that shit, I'm pumping, you know. And caffeine takes 60 minutes to peak in your blood. So this is a really important thing for people to understand who listen to this. Because I see a lot of people time, like, people rock up at Banoosh and they don't fucking Dry start. scoop. Yeah, they dry scoop. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's going to kick in in the car on the way home. And mm. like, <laughs> it's the reality is you need to give it a bit of time. And I'd yeah. also think about if you look at um, digestive times in terms of how long it takes for stuff to clear the gut, if you're eating your pre-workout meal an hour before training, which some people do, and then you're having a pre-workout 15 minutes later, it's like you're layering stuff on top of your stomach. So like yeah. that pre-workout's still not going to kick in mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Um, which is why personally for me, I like to eat an hour and a half, two hours before training just to yeah. let it like settle. I don't actually eat at all. I just go straight into it. I, I like that. But it depends. If it's too late, if mm. it's past... 9 a.m. for me, it's like I need to eat. Something. It's good for me because I'm currently in prep, you know, so yeah. I, like, I can push my meals back to later on. That's actually a good subject for people to know, like if they are currently in a fallout stage, pushing their meals back to later on today is going to help tremendously because when you're sitting in bed, you're like, I wouldn't mind some food, where if you actually push it back, you actually will have food. So that's what I do at the moment. My last meal is currently like around 9, 10 p.m. Dinner's not until like 7, and then my breakfast is until like 4. Although it's like, sounds ridiculous. It's like, helps so much, especially like mentally-wise. So you don't eat, eat until up to 4 p.m.? No. But see, that's good, though, because I do you my... training normally? I train probably around 8 a.m. So you train 8 a.m., then don't eat? Yeah, I don't eat. Okay. Interesting. And then I come home, I do my deep work because I'm focused. And then I, my reward from getting the work done is eating. Eat. So it's interesting how this is person-dependent. So for me, uh, probably similar to you, as soon as I eat, I can't think so clearly. In particular... Mm. If I'm trying to put on muscle mass, I'm eating like five, six thousand calories a day or whatever. It's like your brain just becomes like a bit of a mess. And it's, it's hard. Like, yeah. So and it's yeah. like becomes a whole different challenge of dieting. Whereas I actually prefer when I'm eating less because I feel sharper. Mm. Um, which is why like days like today where if I'm not training, I don't eat until like lunchtime mm. because I'm not that bothered. And what you said is what I love to do is I'm inherently quite greedy. So I like to eat like all my food like quite close together and like hoard it yeah, yeah. so like the hoard technique of like pushing your food back later in the day so then suddenly feels like you're eating all the time mm-hmm. whereas like at the first start of the day if I'm really busy I don't give a shit about eat, eating like I'll just do my work and do whatever mm. like I'm not thinking about it whereas late in the day if you want to chill out and then you can have like meal 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 like almost like every hour and a half or something yeah. it works out quite well I think oh yeah no for sure like I think it was it was two days ago and I had three meals in the one. Although that's not necessarily good for you, you know, not necessarily supposed to be doing that, but it just felt so wrong and I loved it. Because when you're in prep, you know, when you get that, like you're eating an almond cross and you're like, I shouldn't be doing this, but it feels so good. It's like hitting the spot, right? It was like when I forced in like my my Greek yogurt dessert as well as like my chicken and rice dinner, although it wasn't very pleasant, you know, chicken and rice never gets any more pleasant as time goes by. But, um, and then it was like beef burger as well as that. It was like eating all that together. I was like, I just binged eat when in reality, I still got my progress. So it was great. 
And I think this is an important thing for people to understand is that getting in really good shape is like business. It's simple maths mm -hmm. and it's um, calories in, calories out. So hypothetically, if you if you were at your daily allowance, you're supposed to eat 2,000 calories. If you ate them all in one day, in one meal, it doesn't Wouldn't really, make a difference. No, yeah. not really. Although like, you'd feel like shit. Yeah, digestively yeah. it's going to fuck you a bit and yeah. it's not optimal. But then there's the debate versus what's optimal, what's practical. And what you like doing that you can adhere to long term is the thing that's going to get you the long lasting results you want. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think what a lot of people try to do is they like, right, it's, it's time to get shredded for my holiday. It's like six weeks prior to that. It's like, I'm going to cut out all chocolate. I'm going to cut out all jellies, crisps. Crisps is a big thing for me. So if I I'm cut out crisps, it's just like, it's, I'm just setting myself up for failure. But when people do that and it's like, plant-based diet and they're not actually like vegetarian or anything like that. they're just doing plant-based diet just because they think it's good for fat loss they fucking hate it and then they're gone after a week and a lot of clients that come to me have done that and then they're like i give them their programs and they're like troy there's a bit of processed food in that. and i'm like so you know and then i have to explain the whole concept to them. and it's like to us it's general knowledge but i suppose maybe to people watching it's like it wasn't to me when i first started but like okay. now it's like it's it's so obvious it's like calories in calories out you could literally eat nothing but chocolate in your calories, Coke, whatever you want, you know, Coke drink, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we hope you lose weight. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. But um, yeah, once you're inside your calories, you're, you're chilling, you're definitely going to make a progress. And I think what comes back to you said earlier, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. I think that's where, for anyone listening to this, the most frustrating thing I see over and over again, just people in any aspect of their life, in particular fitness, is they're like, um, they're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, which is like mm. the definition of insanity from Albert Einstein. Like the reality is if you actually have a goal and you've been going to the gym for five years and you look exactly the fucking same, you're respectfully wasting your time mm. and you put an extra 10% effort into, or like accuracy almost to what you're doing mm. is then going to get you like a 30 to 40% bigger return. And that's what happened to me. I think 25, 26, first time I got in really good shape, I hired a coach. He helped me get um, really lean for my first photo shoot found it very difficult, learned a lot of things about myself and then realized that if I just stopped, like got the accuracy into my diet for like the extra 20% where I was fucking up, I then got in really good shape because what was happening, I was eating clean, I was training and I was doing the protein porridge and all the other shit that, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that you're supposed to do, but I wasn't getting in shape because I was also like, oh, I'll have a flapjack. Oh, I'll have this. Oh, I'll have that. And every day there's an extra like three to 500 calories of just crap in your diet. And at diet. the end of the month, there's a shit ton of calories. And yeah. you're like, then that's not why you're losing weight. And for anyone listening to this, if you have to go down to poverty ration to calories, this is probably one of the reasons why, because those small things you're picking up are accumulating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And have you had a coach ever since that day you got one? Uh, yes, funny enough. Yeah. I actually don't think I've ever not had a coach since. It's the same for me too. It's like, I, f since I got my first coach, I'm like... I, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. I don't think I've ever not had a coach since. Yeah. Because but it's interesting, though, mm. because a lot of people think it's the only reason you get a coach is because you lack knowledge, right? And, yeah, that is a sense of that. But I think it's just, like, the accountability side mm. of things, like having someone to report to, mm. almost. Um, and I think, as well, ever since I've had a coach, it's, like, every single Monday, for an example, it's, like, my check-in day. It's, like, when I upload those photos, I know there's a chance of me getting, like, bad feedback. And I'm a perfectionist, so... But sometimes I let myself slip. So I think a lot of people say, you know... I, I know things about the gym. Why would I need a coach? You know, I've been in the gym 1.5 years now. It's like, I've been in eight years and I still fucking love having a coach, you know? I can be better now. People say to me, I've been training for 30 years. So like, have a look in the mirror. <laughs> Are you like, happy? Yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, just because you've been doing something for a long time doesn't mean you're really good at it, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Um, That's a, an arrogance thing. And life isn't a, a volume game in terms of how long you've been doing something. Mm. It's how fucking good you are at something. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's Simple. what counts. Yeah. And, um, coaching is probably the biggest gift in the world that we have available to mm. us now and that's not me plugging us or plugging you oh yeah of course yeah. um it's a way to bend time because you can take someone from a to b and shorten that gap because there's no figuring out or learning phase it's like yeah. do the thing do it consistently mm. i'll hold you accountable to it and when there's a problem we'll navigate around that and solve it because um fitness and life is a game of skill acquisition and the more you learn, the more these things stack up and they almost like multiply off each other. And at some point, you're gonna get to the point where you, like I'd say I know a lot about fitness. Yeah. Um, there's still more I need to know, but at that point, is it gonna make much more of a difference to my own results? Not really, but I look for the accountability of, yeah. as you said, of someone else to be like, 
taking it outside of my own head as an external point of view because when you look at your own progress or your own physique, your own body, it's an emotional state, no matter oh, yeah. how you do that because you're visually looking at yourself. In the past, like, two months, I've been in, like, 15 different cutting phases. You know, like, one morning you look at yourself, well, I don't know about you guys, but I look at myself about 40 times a day in the mirror, right? And that's not a confidence thing. This yeah. is a check if I've got results yet. You know what I mean? But looking in the mirror, I'm like... She said, I don't see that fat loss. I look actually a bit, you know, skinny today. Yeah. And I need to bulk up. So tomorrow's bulk and calories are on point, right? And then you wake up the next morning, you look a bit bloated and you're like, holy shit, I need to go on a call. That's the thing when you're connected emotionally, it's it's never going to be good. You need someone that can kind of think outside the box and be like, Troy, shut the fuck up. You're Just fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's simple as that. And the biggest problem most people get is the, the expression, you can't chase two rabbits at the same time. It's like, yeah. I want to get shredded, I want to get massive. Well, mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't work. Like, mm -hmm. pick, you one. pick one, yeah. Pick one, like, because yeah. you need to be in a surplus of calories to grow muscle, like serious muscle, and you yeah. need to be in a deficit to burn body fat. So it's yeah. like the uh, opposite goals in terms of what needs to happen to make that happen. Um, so I think the biggest mistake in why most people stay like just the same is they don't actually stick at one for long enough. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually had a question for you. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever done in-person PT, but what do you think the benefits of an online coach compared to an in-person uh, PT is? Okay, so I was a PT for seven months in the first gym group gym mm -hmm. in Guildford in the UK. I didn't really like it because I wasn't training the type, type of person I wanted. And I'd also now say in hindsight, 15 or so years later, 13 years later, how long that is, um, that most PTs are glorified babysitters. Mm -hmm. And the reality is I am well more than happy to say that because when I was 18, 19, PTing people, I was strong. I was thought I knew what I was doing. I wasn't good enough compared to what I would hold myself to a standard now. Yeah. And the reality is for anyone out there looking to get in shape, you don't need someone to stand by you and count reps. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the results don't actually happen when Inside you're in Inside that early basis, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so you train with your PT four hours a week. That four hours a week isn't the issue. It's the mm. other, like, 180 or however many hours there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say for you that what you really need is someone to actually look at the overview and map of your life in terms yep. of... Where is, is it going wrong? <laughs> yeah, wh where's the bottleneck and where's the problem? Yeah. And then the problem-solution uh, feedback loop, right? And I think that's where too many people, like, think that they need a PT. And this is some straight-up bullshit, I'm going to say anyways, that what most PTs will do... They don't do any progressive programming. They don't really have any fucking plan. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this and you have a PT, I'm probably going to guarantee this is what they're going to do. They're going to dance you around the gym doing fucking supersets and giant sets, tiring yeah. you out, doing random exercises so you get a sweat on and you're working hard, yeah. yet you're not going to see results. And I can say that because I see all the time PTs doing like retarded supersets of like a leg raise and a dumbbell lateral raise. I'm like, what fucking correlation is that yeah, got to anything? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just got to a point now where they've they've had these people for like probably two, three years and they haven't made any results. Mm. So the only way to keep a client like kind of like happy is to change something. Yeah. So they've gotten to a stage now where they're having to do, as you said, leg raises, side raises, supersets. And to try convince them because they're, they're obviously brainless at the mm. moment in terms of your fitness journey. They're like, this is like the next best thing. Now, this is what's going to get you results. You're up to the advanced, advanced, advanced program now. And it's like, they're like, holy shit. This is like, and they're saying it to their spouses as well. It's like, it's time to shine, you know, whatever his name is, just get me a new program. And, and I would say this is one of the interesting things for most people listening to this take in and also our own clients to take in and clients mm. I work with is that often the unsexy, boring thing and doing it for a while is the thing that's going to get your results. Yeah, so like yeah. my own, the most progress I've ever made in terms of gaining muscle mass was when 2017 I did the same training program for 18 months of like, it was like a push-pull leg split. Boring. With like three rotations. It was nine workouts yeah. and it's repetitive. And then again this year I've done the same training split for nine months and you know it's bad when you turn up to the gym you don't even have to look at anything I just know what I'm supposed to do because yeah. you've done it so many times yeah. but the reality is like training is a skill and the better you get at that skill in certain movements the more you get out of them because what most people don't realise is there's um, like an adaptive response in terms of learning a movement pattern so mm -hmm. it's just why when someone starts a new exercise they get stronger much quicker and more quickly but the reality is that isn't actually like muscular hypertrophy or muscle getting stronger it's just getting more efficient 
uh, recruit muscle fibers in that movement, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think as well, a lot of people kind of think that they have to switch their programs when it comes to a difference between fat loss and muscle growth. Like, yeah, you might add in some cardio and whatever. Uh, but like the supersets jumping around like a fool analogy. Right? Yes, yes. This is like how you turn muscle yeah. into fat. Yeah, yeah. You're going to like, melt it, burn fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Um, and I think that's like really bad misconception people get into. And PTs are great at convincing people, you know, like, it's, it's great to be able to convince someone, but when in-person PT isn't getting your results, it's kind of like, it's time to switch it up and kind of look at the other aspects because you know you're being pushed out in the gym, you know you're coming out with a sweat and, and that's great and all, but it's not really, he's being paid for the hour. So when you come home and you, he texts you or you text him and be like, hey, this is my meal or something, he won't reply until, you know, or he'll talk to you in the gym the next day. Where instead of like an online coach, yeah, it might work out to be a bit more expensive. Well, at least a high level coach, not like a McDonald's coach or something like that, right? But um, I think when it comes down to that aspect, you'll really see where the problem actually is. And it's oftentimes just you there sitting Netflix and, and people think like, holy shit, it's my workouts, that's a problem. And this is what I'd say to anyone listening to this is, do you want results or do you want to be entertained? Yeah. Because like a lot of people are like, Yeah, cool, we can give you different workout every workout program, but it's mm. gonna slow your results down. Yeah. And like, like, some some of my clients have been on their same program for like probably like sixteen months now. And they still say it to me every like three months. Program change? I'm like, why? It's like every like when we're looking at the chart in terms of progressive overload and all that type of jazz, like not only have they nailed the form down, my muscle connection, all that type of jazz, but they're increasing, most importantly, even during their fat loss stages. And it's just because you're putting in the reps, yeah. right? And you're improving because mm-hmm. you can actually track progress then. Whereas if you're jumping around willy-nilly doing like dumbbell curls and a bosal ball, you can't actually track like, and I say that because I've seen someone do that the last yeah, few days. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't actually track progress because there's nothing definitive t- to record. Yeah. So like, how do you know if you're actually getting better? Mm. Because your trainer says you're getting better. Mm. Like it doesn't actually correlate. Yeah, that's what I'd recommend as well. Having the same workout program mm. when it comes into the fat loss stage, because that's when you can see when you're, you know, let's just say your strength massively decreases, you know there's something wrong. Whereas if you change a program completely, you're just probably convinced that this is normal, you know. Mm. And I'd say that's a good thing to talk about is that the difference between going from a fat loss and muscle building phase, you don't want to change the workouts. And one of the reasons why you don't want to change the workouts is you want to keep doing what built the muscle in the first place yep. because if you take away the stimulus you take away a lot of the calories yep. what's going to happen the muscle tissue is going to atrophy and disappear so yep. we need to keep the um, training sufficient to keep that stimulus and also you can see what's going on and the biggest trend I see most people when it happens to me is people tend to lose upper body strength first like particular pushing movements and then eventually their back and legs start to get weaker as it goes yeah well I, I suppose it's just don't fix something that's not broken mm. You know, and I just like to kind of stay with the same things. Although it's boring, we know it works mm. because we've done it for such a prolonged period of time. What would be your top five exercises if you had too many? Actually, mm. let's make it ten. You're only allowed to do ten exercises. For ten? Fucking hell. You can train your whole body in ten. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I think for legs, if I was to be smart with it and tactical... Like if I was to grow the muscle and stuff like that, it'd probably just pick barbell squats, even though I fucking hate them. It'd be probably the most tactical thing to do. Probably like already else. Okay. Lat pull down. You love lat pull down. It's yeah. your favorite video, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. it does really well for views, so I keep doing it. <laughs> um, chest fly because okay. I I don't really like pressing. Dumbbell or cable? Cable, okay. of course. Keep the tension. Um, Dumbbell fly, I just don't don't really resonate. With no, I, I hate it, and as well as that, I feel like my right arm is like. I feel just, vulnerable on it, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think my shoulder's fucked as well. <clears throat> so cuffed, I'd pretty much do everything cuffed. Cuff side raises. Yeah. Cuff fly. Bicep curl. I'd actually put in two yeah. sets of bicep, or two different exercises yeah. for biceps, because, you know, like my biceps, and then a tricep push down. And then that's probably like eight, nine, right? That's nine, I think. Okay, and then cab raises. Okay. Well, because I need to grow that shit. Yeah, same. And uh, that's as easy as it is, because once you have a pool of exercises, mm. you just rinse and repeat those, and instead of like changing programming, I think what people need to understand is that you sometimes just change a certain exercise if you get to a point where like, A, you don't like it anymore or you've almost like run out of runway. So like there's a lot of machines now where I can basically like complete the machine. I can do 20 yeah. reps and the whole thing and it's like, this is not really pointless. Yeah. And you have to start putting like scabby little dumbbells. Yeah, yeah, I'm like getting like fucking that. like yeah. a screwdriver in and putting plates <laughs> in it and I'm like, this is getting a bit like out of hand, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, I'm hoping that one day you get to like boss level where you complete the gym and complete all the machines. Yeah, right? yeah. it's time for a new gym. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Fucking, But I understand sometimes where people use free weights then because you can't really complete that. But mm, mm. Um, I think that's an interesting thing to think about. You coming from 
Dubai, sorry, Ireland to Dubai. How have you found training in gyms in Dubai versus Ireland? It's like incredible. It's like the motivation and the environment, the environment plays a big part. You know, if, if you're the biggest guy in the gym, you're going to stay that size. But if you're the smallest guy in that gym, you're, you're constantly going to have like kind of, uh, not things to like look up to, but like competition, right? Yeah. But um, I think in Ireland, I was like always, not to be cocky and stuff, but it's you need to kind of understand that. It's like I was in the best shape. So I felt like my training motivation wasn't there. You know, I was half of the time just going around taking selfies and just, you know, doing shit. And when I came here, I got a big shock because I was actually the smallest in the gym. <laughs> I was like, holy fucking shit, even people like you, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, he's, he's a bit bigger than me. And I know obviously people have years and everyone has yeah. a different time gap and stuff like that. But it's like training here is just like such an eye opener in every aspect of life, whether it's business, whether it's fitness, um, even quality of life. I think fitness, walking into that gym, I was like, holy fuck. I was like, oh, I need to get to work, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's where the body dysmorphia came out. I think... Um it's a good thing then. I, I find a lot of people say they're uncomfortable going to gyms, but I think an important thing to understand is that you seeking a place you're uncomfortable means you're going to push yourself so you, you can yeah. become comfortable, right? Yeah, nothing great happens inside your comfort zone, right? No, I think um, too many people are too afraid in a lot of aspects of their life to actually like take the leap and the net will appear, like do the hard thing. Mm. And putting yourself in an environment like that, you'll find that... Um, if you see other people can do it, well, if he can fucking do it, I can do it. Because I know, like, you've got similar <laughs> yeah, tattoos yeah, as me, yeah. and that's like, as soon as I have proof of concept that someone's done what I want to do, it's like, well, if that guy's done it, then I can I do can it. I can do it too. Because it's possible. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the reality all we need to know is it's possible. And it's like the story of Roger Bannister when he ran the four minute mile, like, no one had ever done it. And people were talking about um, if anyone tried to do it, they'd end up a heart attack and die. Mm. So Roger Bannister ran, like, the first four minute mile in history. And I think within six months, 24 other people did it human ev evolution didn't happen in six months, but people yeah. then suddenly believed it was possible. So then 24 other people did it. Yeah, I suppose that's just the environment side of things mm -hmm. though, isn't it? Um, I think as well, it's like the, I know it's like a bad trait to have, but the embarrassment of using, like asking someone like, oh, how many sets do you have left? They go one. And when they get up and grab their water bottle, you walk over to the gym and they have like in a certain win the, the pin point and you just can't find a will pair to take the pin out and put it at a lower weight. You're like, nah, it's grand, leave the weight, bud. You know, it's okay for us. But um, that's a bad trait that I have. But I suppose it's good in that sense as well, as it's good in its negatives. I uh, don't know why it's reminding me of it. I train. I was training in a gym in Las Vegas in Christmas, at Christmas when when Olympia was there, and uh, Lee Priest was in the same gym as me. Who was like Australian bodybuilder, like yeah. super jacked, got tattoos on his face. He's actually yeah. he looks super intimidating. He's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. And uh, I saw him on the lateral raise machine. I want to go and use it after him, and I was like, he's like forty five, fifty now. So I was like, I was like, oh, and I, at the time I was still pretty shredded from competing, and I was like, oh, can I can I jump in with you? And I literally, I didn't even look at the pin. I was like, fuck me. <laughs> literally, there was so much on there. And you know, when you're like, your ego's like, I'm going to lift this. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, like, yeah, I'm not yeah. bitching out. Especially in front of the yeah, lead yeah, priest. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. like, this is going up. So there's probably like seven ropey reps and it was done. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting because, and I'll give you another example. I remember when I was, maybe a couple of years ago, I trained with James Hollingshead for a while. And I remember you got perspective of like strength and intensity when you train with people way more advanced than mm -hmm. you. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Because you realize like, the gap of like where you are to where other people are and yeah. you're like yeah there's levels to this and there's levels to everything mm -hmm. and I think that's an important thing for anyone listening to this is not to be intimidated by that but I appreciate how far you can go and how much further there is always to go yeah no I think if, if anyone's listening to this that they're only starting it's like you've got such a fucking good journey mm -hmm. ahead of you especially if you're lucky enough to be in a position to be able to get someone to like guide you through mm -hmm. it it's going to be like progress after progress and obviously make sure you have someone with a good like track record you know good transformation photos and all that type of jazz um I think a lot of people have the habit of just going to like the cheapest one they see mm -hmm. you know well our gym down the road can do it for like 60 or a month and I'm like what type of quality are you going to get from that? But um, I think if someone does have that type of level of support, even from a family member or something like that, like I did with my dad, I think the sky's the limit. I think, and that's what we talk about in terms of the compound effects of the decisions anyone listening to this right now makes, is like, say you're a guy under 30 or, or younger or even older, like you getting in really good shape and changing the way you physically look completely changes the outcome of your life. Mm -hmm. Because I don't give a shit what anyone says, but people treat you differently when you're in good shape and you're good True. looking. Because people take you more serious. Well, yeah, because it's like, if I look at someone and they're, no disrespect to anyone listens to this, but if you're out of shape and overweight, I know you're not a disciplined person. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't control what you eat. Mm -hmm. So therefore, how like you might be really successful in business and other areas, but like reality, I know you've got a lot of character flaws you need to fix. Yeah. And everyone else knows that. And people know that 
the one thing you can't buy is the, your body and the way you look yeah, because yeah. you have to earn that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you can shortcut it with better advice and supplementation and all the stuff, but you also have to do something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people say as well, when they see someone that's big, they're like, roids. Yeah. But regardless whether you're on roids or not, you still have to work your fucking ass off, you know? And I think that's why I love fitness is because it's it's probably one of the only things in life that if you work really fucking it's hard... Guaranteed. It's Yeah, exactly. It's like there's no way you're not going to get there. It just takes time. smart decisions, time, and hard work as well. And why fitness is easier than anything else is because you control all the factors mm. so like if you look at business compared to like getting in really good shape business has loads of external factors like mm. you can't control covid you can't try control um the economy you can't control social media channels mm. shutting you down whatever but with your body you can control how often you work out how much you sleep when and what you eat like that's your own conscious choice, right? So oh, yeah. you can choose the outcome of your life depending on that. And that's what I love about it as well because knowing every single day that I'm the person responsible for the progress. Mm. And even when I look at myself in the mirror on the good days because everyone has those days where you look at yourself and I'm like, oh, you fucking disgust me. Uh, regardless how good in shape you are, everyone kind of has that. And if anyone listen does have that, it's, it's kind of normal. Uh, kind of use it as like a motivation kind of push as well. But for the days that I do really like my body, I can look in the mirror and say, good fucking job. Instead of, something else you know somebody else gave it to me you can't you have to work hard and i know that it's it's kind of like when you see those results and stuff like that it's it's one of the only things you can actually pat yourself on the back and say good job you know and also i think it's you being proud of who you are and holding yourself to a higher standard because mm. if you set out to do something and you do it you get confidence right because yeah. i was i'm naturally very introverted and wasn't very confident when i was younger yeah. but suddenly i got in really good shape realized that if i just set my mind to something worked really hard and got someone to tell me how to do it, I could achieve anything. Mm. I then got really confident because I was like, you just do the thing, get quite great advice for it. It happens. You then start to believe in yourself. And it's that like flywheel snowball effect. Yeah. Do you think fitness plays a part in terms of like how successful you are in life? hundred percent. Well? Because it's the way you look at yourself in the mirror mm. because you know what you can do physically and that you have the ability to push yourself and, be disciplined in that aspect. I even I would say um, I would recommend everyone to do it to some degree just because of the mental process of like competing and the first few times I did really retarded jobs of it but um, in terms of the way I did it mm. but like pushing yourself to the level where you're completely fucked and like you can still operate and then when you go back to normal life afterwards you're like this is really easy and that's why I think sometimes people need to push to like the upper limits of where they yep. can go because when you go back to like 70% you're like this is easy but you're still most people coast at 40% yeah. So you're easy, still well ahead of everyone else. The same thing is like, I say I don't work that hard and I feel quite lazy, but my lazy is like someone else killing themselves. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's different yeah, levels, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. No, I think I think oftentimes people are like too uh, hard on themselves as well. Mm. Like I, there's been times that I've texted you and just be like, I need to fucking do this. I need to yeah. do this. And, and realistically, I might've took an hour off yeah. to just scroll through TikTok. And sometimes you need that, right? Yeah, you just need to let your brain melt a bit. Exactly, yeah. But like even sometimes like when I'm sitting in bed, when there's like a task on your mind, it's like, if you're that type of person that can kind of sleep when there's something that yeah. has your hand, when you know you haven't been to the gym, you know you haven't hit your calories, for an example, it's a very good trade to have. But um, but that's how you lose confidence in yourself is when you fail to hold the promises to yourself you yeah, make, right? Yeah, but I think that's a good lesson to mm. learn. It's like, because when you constantly upset yourself 24 because I know for a fact, like if me currently on prep, if you put a McDonald's in front of me, it's now that I have a coach, I would need it. But if I didn't have a coach, I would wipe it. Okay, so, so why is that? It's just because I'm afraid. <laughs> well, no, it was that, but then there's also the other thing is um, self-justification. Mm. So anyone listening to this, and particularly when you have some nutrition knowledge, I can make up some bullshit of how I can have the McDonald's because my metabolism is slowing down because uh, I've lost already like 10 kilos and I need a refeed because I feel a bit <laughs> flat and uh, like my strength's going down, so I definitely yeah. need four McDonald's. Mm. And then um, and then my weight doesn't change tomorrow, so like, let's do it again. I obviously need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And this is what happens. You start to justify stuff to yourself, mm. which is when we go down the route of like, again, um, not being able to make logical decisions, you make emotional decisions. And generally any experience, from my life experience, I'd say, any decision that's made from an emotional standpoint tends to be a bad one. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think another reason why I wouldn't eat it as well is because I've seen what's possible. If I was by myself, um, I don't think I would have reached past that second week mark. And, I, and I'm open to saying that. I work really hard in the gym. Um, 
I, I put in the reps in terms of like going to the gym and the diet and stuff like that. But the one thing I struggle with is just kind of like the accountability side of things. And it's something completely normal. It's consistency, pe- right? Exactly, yeah. Other people kind of struggle with consistency, maybe, or um, even just a fear of going to the gym or form techniques. But my main struggle is accountability. So I think now that I've got past this like six week mark, I've seen tremendous results and like what's possible in six weeks. So I think if you put that in front of me and tried to convince me, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm eager to see what the next six weeks look like. And do you know why that is? I know you know why. Okay. So, so the reason why that is because you've seen the progress and the success you're having. Mm. And this is why I say for anyone starting a program, it's important to see quick wins at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. when you see it, like, fuck. And it's exciting. Like, you want to wake up tomorrow and see what you look like. Yeah. And as retarded as this sounds, I remember a lot of the time feeling like when I've been in that really severe diet phase, it's like a feeling like death. Yeah. But sadistically in my head, I'm like, I'm going to look fucking insane tomorrow. Yes. Because normally, yes. like, the worse you look, the better you look the next day. You get mm. a drop in weight. So, like, if I felt like I'm on death's door and I'm, like, like hanging on for dear life, I'd be like, tomorrow I'm going to be fucking shredded. Yeah. Like, At least you look sick yeah, while yeah, I'm feeling yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, no, I definitely agree. I think I think I just need to keep tipping away, right? And that's where it's uh, a process. And I think you having someone guide you through that is really important. Um, I think that's one of the big things in terms of having the patience to do that because a lot of people want to do it in six weeks eight weeks whatever it's like like i, I could get pretty much anyone shredded in like eight to ten weeks but i'm yeah. like but what's after that this is not going to be fun yeah, yeah. this is going to probably be messy afterwards and you're really gonna have to be careful yeah. um, build bad habits as well i think i think that's why as well like me personally i wouldn't ever do like I'd, yeah i do 12 week challenges but not when it finishes there. Yeah. You know, I always try advice, you know, just kind of see it out and see how you can reverse out of the diet properly and kind of keep those results that you've just achieved forever instead of constantly yo-yoing, you know. And this is a statistic for anyone listening to this is that the reality is that when people come to losing weight, the reality is only 5% of people are successful because 95% of people who actually lose weight regain that weight and more yeah. in the first yeah. three years. Yeah. So that means that out of 100 people, only five actually manage to keep the weight off yeah. because most of them don't plan for like what I call the diet after the diet. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get back to some sense of normality. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the part that's actually maintainable. Yeah, and the, the important things about normality, like quote-unquote normality is that you can't go, your normality can't be what it was before. Yeah. Because you go back and fucking sit on the sofa eating cheetahs and drinking fucking... Pe- Pepsi all day. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be in the same situation you were before the start, right? So it's like yeah. we need to create your new normal, which keeps you in that like homeostasis. Yeah, and, and that's the importance of building habits that you've never done before. You know, and like for an example, the big thing for me was just simple: ten thousand steps. Although it sounds simple, it's like when you do it, you really see the results. And also, but it sounds simple, but then there's days where you're like and trying to. It's, it's hard. Well, yeah, it's hard. So like even like today, uh, you saw me at seven a.m. in the gym filming. Mm. I haven't. I only had time to do 30 minutes cardio instead of 50 minutes because I've been on calls. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know after this podcast and another one I have after this that I need to go back and do another 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be super pissed with myself the rest <laughs> of the day because I haven't done what I'm supposed to be done. Yeah. And that's when you lose confidence in yourself because you're not holding the promises you make to yourself. Mm. I, th- I think, though, as I said, that trait, if you have that trait, it's just so powerful and you can kind of take it to next levels in terms of like not only your fitness, but in terms of like maybe like relationship goals as well as like business goals and stuff like that. One thing that's interesting to say with that, though, I think is, say, for example, I want to go train again later on because I didn't do all my training earlier on. A lot of other people would be like, you're fucking insane. What's wrong with you? Why didn't you chill out? And the reality is anyone listening to this, if you're in that situation, like, and people are telling you you're working out too much, you work too much, and, like, almost take that as a compliment, as a badge of honour, because yeah, it means yeah. the person who's telling it to you can't do it. Yes. Like... For sure, no, I couldn't agree with that. And right. because you achieving what you want if you put more work into it are you more likely to achieve it yes oh yeah yeah for sure to an extent oh yeah without the volume thing we talked about earlier yeah, on. but like yeah. like isn't actually ticking the boxes of what mm. you're supposed to do no yeah for sure like i think that's something that i don't know if you've been through as well but even like my mom being so concerned being like is what you're doing healthy it's like mom yeah <laughs> I, I, I get that a lot um yeah i've heard that a lot in particular with like work not work-life balance my opinion work-life balance is like when you want more balance, you then take more time off. So like this weekend, I'm not working for three days because yes. like, I need some fucking time. But I suppose out. what we do isn't really work though because we enjoy it. Well, yeah, and that's why I just, my work is play. So it's like, it's what I want to do. Yeah. So it's not like I'm like, fucking an attorney or something. I don't want to do what I want to do. It's like yeah. I actually enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. No, that, that, that thing as well. It's like, I have said that about fitness and a lot of people have said it to me about, about work. 
doing like 12 hour shifts and stuff like that. And I think what a lot of people have to understand is when you're doing something like that, it's like 12 hours flies, me personally. It's like from the moment I start till I get done, even when I get into bed after that 12 hour, I'm like, I kind of want to do a bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's the point is when you you wake up with a purpose or whether that's you getting in great shape or you helping other people get in great shape. Yeah. Um, that's when you know your life actually has meaning and is going in the right direction. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I think passing the, the the thing I'm grateful for is kind of passing my knowledge and personal experience and my fuck ups and kind of prov- <laughs> providing the value to help other people not do it because my fuck ups could potentially cause other people like life injuries. What would you say to start to finish up would be your biggest fuck up you've made in your fitness so far? Hmm. I think it was... Well, one, we've already spoke about it, like training too much, but I'll try to pick another one. In terms of like diet, I think I got too over obsessive about calories and stuff like that. As and in it, like tracking everything. As in tracking everything uh, to the gram. Um, and it even got to a stage as well where I didn't find that balance. So I wasn't even in a fat loss stage. And sometimes that is necessary, right? If you want to get really good results. Now, that's like prep level, bodybuilding style, right? But I think it got to a point where even in my off season, I was weighing everything to the gram. And I was getting to a point where if something was like a gram over, I was getting really like anxious about it. And then like kind of cutting food out of my diet and just constantly letting it evolve my entire life around it. So I think, as we said before, kind of finding a balance between the gym, diet, and then as well as your personal life, if you have to go out for food with your family and stuff like that, we can always recompensate for it. Even like an extra 10 minutes of cardio or something like that. Kind of have to understand that fitness isn't a be all and end all of life. But as well as that, life is so much better when you're in good shape. I would agree. Your More opportunities will come your way if you're also not with a partner and you want to find a partner. If mm-hmm. you want to become the man or woman who you want your partner to be with, yeah. like that's going to make it. I think it's setting a good example as well. Yeah. Even even to for kids. like younger siblings and 100%. stuff like that as well as like, as you said, kids. Um, I want to be big jacked Uncle Troy, you know. He's on steroids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though I'm not, but I'm just saying. It's uh yeah, and, and that's what you want, right? Because then the, you have that positive influence people look up to, right? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Thank you for today, Troy. Where for people to find out more about you? Well, on all social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, everything at this stage. It's Troy J Fitness. Cool. Um, we'll drop Troy's links below the podcast notes. If you guys enjoyed this and want to get Troy back on for a second episode, definitely. make sure you share, share us your stories and we'll see if we can get that out there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review and we'll see you next episode. So-